Hi, this is Adam Grayson, and you're listening to Master of One Podcast. You can find me at studiograyson.com. Welcome to this Sandbox episode of the Master of One Podcast, part two for this week. This week, we continue our month featuring women in the industry by talking with soft sculptor and Clutter Magazine Designer Toy Award winner, Lana Crooks. And we welcome graphic artist Doc Reed as a fill-in host for Luke. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Doc, the Master of Awkward... Silence. So get those thimbles and needles ready, because it's time to sow the seeds of another episode. I like gardening. So as we continue our month of women in the industry, we are excited this week to bring somebody who, um, honestly, I've been following her work for probably a year and a half at this point, and uh, it never ceases to amaze me. She is um, a soft sculptor, and we're going to dive into what all of that means, but essentially it means she's way cooler than me. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, soft sculptor and Clutter Magazine designer toy award winner, Lana Crooks. Hey. Energy, energy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We are super excited to have you on the show. So before we get like any further, first of all, the pre-show stuff that we have for this, <laughs> if you're a Patreon, you're going to want to go ahead and make sure you're in the blooper level because there's been some good stuff in this one already. Um, but uh, before we jump into anything, we always ask our guests to tell people out there who might not know who you are yet, um, who you are, what you do, kind of that uh, Wikipedia page about yourself. Oh, geez. Um, okay, so... I'm Lana Crooks, soft sculptor, uh, plushinator, um, oh, okay. fabric <laughs> maven. Um, <laughs> wow. These I are make, some like really good titles. Well, it all came from this book. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Check out this book that I have. It has all these. <laughs> this book I happen to have about social etiquette. Um, no, I, I basically tell people I make fabric skeletons for a living that's the abridged version of my life so that is yeah so how long have you been doing that like what's your uh, and i know that's like a really weird sounding thing and it sounds like well it couldn't possibly be what she actually is saying but it is literally i I mean it's it's about as literal as a thing you could possibly imagine so go to her let's go ahead and say go now pause this if you're driving (laughs) and wait um, or just pull, pull it up on your computer, <laughs> lanacrooks.com, and see what she does so that you'll have an idea as we continue this conversation. Because otherwise, a lot of this won't make sense. If, <laughs> it's he, if not you don't know, make what sense she... anyway. But let's just <laughs> let's just pretend the visual will assist you in some way. Okay. So as um, a as a uh, fabric skeleton creator, like what? How long <laughs> have you been doing that, and what got you into that specific, very very specific art form? Well, I've been a fiber artist since uh, the dawn of time. Um, 2004, 2007 is when I started really getting into the designer toy aspect of um, the plush the plush realm. Um, before okay. that, I was working on costumes and doing independent movie stuff and other crazy stuff. I was a... Uh, Went to school for illustration, so I was working as an illustrator for a while. Um, Not successfully. Uh, (laughs) I did other things also. but So I was making plush and um, teaming up with artists like Scott Tolleson and Gary Hamm and Tara McPherson and creating things for their shows or for releases and one New York Comic Con, I was on a panel as the token plush person, and mm. <laughs> like you make to- you make you make plush tokens is what I you could. mean. Like, like small money <laughs> out, out of money. fabric. <laughs> I have made plush money. Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make it like past screening. fiber finance Careful screening by the bars, but um, uh. Uh, someone asked me what I would want to do in 
like if I could do any project, what would I want to do? And I basically said I'd love to make fabric skeletons. And then while I was sitting there, I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I just went home and started making skeletons. So that's where my... Like you talked yourself into your new passion. Well, the guy asked and it <laughs> okay. was a good idea at the time. And Wait, it still well, seems to be a good idea. Wait, was this, I'm sorry, was this like a QA question? Like you, they were asking like the panel questions and that that's what happened? So like a guy in the audience <laughs> asked you? Yes. You should, yes. do you keep in touch with that dude? I have no idea. <laughs> I might have drawn the worst drawing I've ever drawn in my life in his sketchbook because it was the first drawing anyone has asked me to do for a very long time. And I had sweaty palm syndrome. And so he might have the worst <laughs> Skull it's common. I've ever it's drawn. It's common ailment. <laughs> so it's common. if that's the case, he should email I, me. <laughs> I was hoping that you were saying like, like, yeah, he told me this, and uh, six months later we were married. Oh no! no. <laughs> it's like I was the start married. of something. But honestly, <laughs> you, something beautiful. you could just start telling that as your story because no one's going to oh, yeah. call you out on it, and that would be that's pretty true. dramatic. <laughs> what are well, the odds no, that that guy is listening? Out. My husband will call me out on that. That's that a good point. Your husband, well, your husband, if your husband gets in on the act, then it's just like, wow, that's a really cool story of how you guys met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and he's just like, yeah, man, it was perfect. I'll tell so, him our new life lie when we get <laughs> when we're done here. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're gonna want to put together separate identities and like workshop that a bit. Um, well, so- everyone thinks my last name is fake anyway, so I mean, I could just take his name now. So I actually did assume it was fake. I thought, oh, her name's Lana Cooks, and she just did Lana Crooks because then then it would be like a cool twist on it. Well, what's funny is Lana means wool in Spanish. So and <laughs> no I make way. wool skeletons. And also I'm a bank robber. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly stealing money from people. It's a it's a perfect name. It's a match what made can in I heaven. Do? So what was that's cool. Yeah, what was the um the the tra- you said you were doing illustration and then then yes. all of a sudden you were a a plushinator or whatever you called yourself. So <laughs> that's what, a technical what, term. What what was that transition like? You just I mean, had you always like um, you know, sewed or or like made stuff on the side and then that that kind of like became making toys or like how did you actually transition from illustration into that primarily? Well, yeah, I was making costumes for crazy club parties in college, <laughs> like you do. Um, I went to school. Tale is old this time. I went to school in Savannah, and we were every Thursday night. I'd go to the goth night slash drag show. So you have to have great clothes. <laughs> so well, I yeah, was sewing naturally. costumes and going to school for illustration, and then I was doing some costume work when I graduated I moved to Chicago um was doing some um illustration work and some costume work and I went to um an antique show with a friend and there was a Japanese um fan that had like fab plush bits like textile craziness on it and I was like whoa I could do that. Wait, so I could make my illustrations into fabric. And so it was one of it was the same thing as the New York Comic Con thing. Is I just on a whim decided my career path. And <laughs> and so And it stuck. So I went home and I was going to start with faux taxidermy. Um and so I made a giant pink octopus that was wall-mounted called Bubblegum. Took it to okay. Designer Toy Store and Gallery AOK here in Chicago. Um, they put hmm. it up in their wall and it sold. And I was like, oh, yep, this is what I do now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, sol- I've sold a piece. I'm an official professional at this point. <laughs> well, I had done other stuff. You know, I've been in other gallery shows, but for paintings and stuff, but... I was just like, nope, I'm a designer toy artist because this is a new thing and I'm doing this now. So <laughs> Yeah, perfect. As you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it I strikes just... me. You said that, um, um, I guess you said you've worked with uh, Gary Ham before. In fact, I think you did a plush Sylvan, right? 
Um, yes, I did um, the Hermes. I did two colorways of Hermes, and I did the Sylvan. So Gary, uh, Gary's been on the show a couple a couple times, and and listen, <laughs> we are all huge fans of him. Um, but that he was, raff. yeah, he was kind <laughs> of. He's actually way more mature than we are. He was. Um, he kind of decided, like he did the wood thing, right? Like he just decided it was easier for him to work with wood. And mm-hmm. he wanted to make toys, and it was, and that was more natural to him. And so he just started building stuff out of wood. And then, uh, you know, whatever that—that's kind of like that was the thought process. And so it—it it kind of seems a little similar, except that yours in this case is is fabric or or whatever exactly that you use. But it's this idea that you know I can make toys, and then you know what is natural or comfortable for me to work in. Oh. You know, you know, it's it's plush, it's cloth, whatever. So it, it seems like uh-huh. kind of like a parallel story a little bit. Maybe I did. Well, I met him at the at one of the first designer toy awards, and I cornered him. He was sitting at a booth, and I was like, "You're the guy that makes this toy." <laughs> and he was like, "Yes." <laughs> and I was like, "I want this." Did you slowly lift it up above the? <laughs> You're the guy that makes this toy. <laughs> like where where'd that come from? I should just keep things around. Oh, I wish I would have prepared better. I would have had them all under, just under, just below the camera level, and then you just slowly raise them up. Damn, gotta start over (laughs) completely. Um, and I was like, this should be plush, and I would like to make it plush. And he was like, okay, (laughs) sure, crazy person. And then. We I followed through with them after, and he was like, "Oh, it's real." So I see. I made I love stuff like that because I th- I think w- what we end up, um, you know, so we all work in in creative fields, um, all, all mm-hmm. of us here, and uh, I end up talking to a lot of people that, and uh, there's this kind of personality type that floats around of people that say that. Um, you know, this, I, you know, I want to do X, like whatever that creative pers- pursuit is not actually taking X. I'm sorry. That came out weird. <laughs> I, I really want to do X. Guys. I love X. <laughs> no, no, you know, I really want to do that 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 clean rating. Yeah. That's, that's the end of the story. Um, no, that you have someone that they really want to like, they have that creative pursuit, but they kind of want it to be handed to them a bit. Like they, they just kind of want to sit in their corner and do their thing and wait for someone to recognize them. And I think there's Don't talk some... about Gary that way. <laughs> Say that again. I said, "Don't talk about Gary that way." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, like Gary Ham, just sit in a corner. No, I'm just kidding. So, Aww. and then, but they want to wait for someone to like, kind of knock on their door. And I and I like the fact that that you, in this case, went after Gary. But I like the fact that, um, you know, just like go out there and just ask for it, right? Don't wait for right. it, but ask for it. I think that's a, a really that is a very good personality trait to have, um, and I think it's well, especially in the meek. creative field. Right, <laughs> you're not meek. Yeah, I'm not meek. Yeah, so I don't really, I don't deal with patience very well. <laughs> Listen, for, fortune favors the bold. I mean, I, I mean, I was just having a conversation about that yesterday with with some friends, and uh, you know, if you can't say people's no for them, if you if you don't ask a question, so many of the guests that we've had, so many incredible guests we've had on a show, is because we have just made the ask. Way, people way out of our out of our league, you know, super talented people like you who literally have no reason to talk to us. You take time to talk to us, but it's just because we ask. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a huge. Well, that's a huge piece of it. If I wasn't talking to you, I'd be talking to my cat. So <laughs> <laughs> he needs a break for a night. And, so. So really, you're doing me a favor, socializing me into the human race. Well, there you go. So I, I'll go ahead and um, I'll go ahead and transition. So you said that you do skeletons, and it's it's hard to imagine, but it really is true. And I looked at some of your pieces, and uh, I mean, obviously, but if someone did not tell me that it was cloth, I really wouldn't have known. Like honestly, like it's yeah. it's very impressive, and I'm curious. If um, there was one in particular I saw, I loved. It looked like a snake. Like it, it kind of looked like mm-hmm. a, a snake, kind of coiled up. And I'm curious if you have some type of background or the study that you do when it comes to you know anatomy in in pulling this stuff off, or if it's more just a uh, you know you kind of piece stuff together till it, you get the look that you desire, or or if there's like you know some crazy scientific study that goes on in the background. Oh, I totally fancy myself a scientist. So. 
Um, I've done some work for um, the Nature Museum here in Chicago, and I was installing a giant forest made out of fabric, and uh, some of the collections people were buzzing around, and they were carrying around taxidermy, and I was just like, I really need to come and study specimens. Will this? Would you allow this? And they were like, sure. So... I have spent upwards of eight don't hours. Ask, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> you, you with the dead bird, <laughs> come hither. <laughs> that's a great way to start any conversation, honestly. <laughs> yes. Just, that's a great conversation starter. <laughs> yes, you with the dead bird, you will be my friend now. Um. So I've gone to the specimen labs. I've spent upwards of eight hours solid drawing skulls there wow Um, so i do patterns while i'm there and i take a lot of photo reference and then sometimes i'll need to go back for the same specimen so i have lists of the ones i check out um (laughs) at the time so that I can call, recall back to the specific one. So the snake that you see is from a specific snake that I was studying. Um, oh, okay. Wow. And it takes a really long time to make it look proper, even though I'm missing some of the bones. And I think because there's... I mean, I'm sure there's a way. If I say there's no way, someone's going to try to make it a way. And then may, this is going <laughs> to end badly for me. Um, But I try very hard (laughs) to make it look proper. And um, the day that the people at the collections department introduced me as a researcher was the day I I swooned. And I I felt so, so special and smart. (laughs) So yeah, I'll let you know when I whenever I get that sensation. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I'm still waiting for that. Oh, the vapors. (laughs) (laughs) so sometimes i go in there um and i actually there was a monkey skull once that was mislabeled and i felt very proud that i had pointed it out that it was not a baboon look at you like a pro i'm like indiana jones up in here <laughs> they were also throwing large boulders at me that I had to dodge. Well, you that know, may have contributed to it. All the darts. <laughs> I was very sleepy that day. I stepped on a, a tile that was discolored. <laughs> you may want to look Just for another job, life. honestly. That seems really dangerous. <laughs> I don't know that I would go the, back, but the spikes I don't know that I'd classify floor. yourself as a soft sculptor. That sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Well, where do you think they get their specimens? (laughs) They have to lure them into the collections department. So I I got a question for you. (laughs) As I say, it looked like you... Oh, well, obviously you stated earlier about the transition into the uh, the soft sculpting, the the skeletons. Uh, Was it like a natural progression from some of the, the taxidermy style? that you had previously done? Like, it looks like there was that, that transition between 2013-2014. Uh, oh, you've done your research. <laughs> no, it was... Yeah, he's it, a re- the, collect- the, collector, uh, the collectors call him the researcher. Oh. He gets that warm feeling, too. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> it was... It's a totally different pattern making and process. A complete process is different. So with the um, plush, it's basically, I make the pattern inside out and backwards in a bunch of pieces, have to stuff it, assemble it, and with the skeletons, it's all flat patterning, and then I basically fold all the fabric to make it. So it looks hollow. Yeah. So I don't really stuff... The skeletons, which How, what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you're okay. So that blows my mind because in my head, even though even though I look at this and go, "There's no way I could ever do that," at least there's a part of me that's like, "Okay, I see." She she you know she creates a a form underneath and then no. fills it and then just whatever. It's not. It's it's more like it's almost like uh, fabric origami. 
Yes. That's crazy. Very elaborate. <laughs> Even more elaborate. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Um, there, there was a show I recently did with Clutter, the uh, Luke 2 head show, um, the bear head show. Yeah. And they gave everyone resin heads to as the base platform. And I used the base platform to make my patterns. And then I made a completely fabric recreation of the head. Oh, um, very cool. So there, <laughs> so I've had to take pictures of it side by side so people understood that it didn't have the resin inside of it. Um, so if I can just real quick interject before Andrew sure. asks his question, how much time <laughs> does like uh, a piece like that take? Uh, which which one? Let's, well, let's t- the pick sn- I think the snake. The, well, yeah, okay. The snake is one we talked about, and then you just mentioned okay. the the Luke Chu. So, um, both of those pieces, like how long would a uh, piece take? Those pieces took about a week each. Um, the snake. Every vertebrae is seven individual pieces of fabric. Good night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no literally doc just went to sleep he just good night guys i just can't take any more of this i'm out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i work on a lot of pieces at once because i usually have a lot of projects on the table at one time so so it uh it's really hard to keep track, but those were substantial, so I'm going to venture a week, <laughs> guess. Sure. <laughs> so. And you just like walk like into Joanne Fabric and then... building it? No. Oh my god, I wish I could just walk into Joanne's fabric and they knew A, <laughs> knew what I was talking about. <laughs> B had any fabric that had any like natural content in it whatsoever. <laughs> Whatever. So, You're trying to tell me that all those SpongeBob patterns aren't all natural organic fabrics? It's all organic. Spon- made out of sponges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would not want it's to. A renewable well, resource. Actually, yeah. those pants would get heavier as the day goes on. I live really in Texas. Really absorbent <laughs> pants. <Yeah. laughs> Plus, he wets the bed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. SpongeBob but absorbent pants. The cool thing pants. is, you just jump right into the shower and you're good to go. That's true. Um, so let me ask you a question about that, uh, about about your art form, right? So sure. um, how long have you been doing these specific ones? Did you say like a year when you started? Uh, the, let's see. Doc knows. <laughs> I was going to say 2014 was the switch from the, the plush like taxidermy to okay. the skeleton it looked like. Yeah. Okay. So you've been doing it for a few years now. 2013 14 maybe i was okay. i it was a transition like i didn't do all i just didn't stop but right i still make plush for other people and um i'm actually i actually have an order for 200 plush ornaments for cafe grumpy in new york right now wow. for the holidays so uh i'm still doing skeletons and plush um last year i didn't really do any of the plush pieces because i had surgery so next year i'm hoping to get back into working with other people a little more in the plush realm but gotcha so okay so there's 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 two different worlds right so you've got your plush your plush world your plush ecosystem if you Uh will and then (laughs) your your um insane uh skeletal soft sculpture that is just it's like insanely realistic, very highly studied, researched, all this stuff. And the scale on these those, are those... relatively small, aren't they? I mean, uh, they're close to close to the study. So my Finch skeleton, my Finch skulls will be bigger because I didn't really want to make head is... tiny, yeah. tiny. Um, but yeah. like the crow skull, raven skulls will be about right. Like the a one to one. Snakes will be, you know, depending on the specimen. Yeah. So, I mean, I did a um, arch enemy. Ha- Arts has a uh, um, elk skull I did, but I did it in miniature. So holy cow, that'd be I awesome! Mean, it's big. It's like here. Let me. But up. it's but it's about half the size of an actual elk skull. Oh, it's 
half would you know elk skulls are ridiculously large so i i don't know what the scale would be one six scale let's use Holy toy cow. terminology <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no that works so our our listeners get that yeah you um, guys know what i'm but talking so, about so okay so the the barrier of entry though for those two the, for those two levels of of artwork are vastly different right i mean yes a plush um i think people maybe it's maybe it's Maybe it's not, but let me kind of explain what I what I mean by this. The perception would be plush, like a a stuffed animal. Yeah, don't um, don't you do it. Should right should be a very <laughs> uh, to to like the general consumer should be a very easy barrier of entry, as mm-hmm. opposed mm-hmm. to the kind of artistry you're putting into your plush figures, and then you take that one step further and you're doing these, um, you know, museum quality uh, and gallery quality sculptures with fabric and fibers what's the what's the 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 gap there what's the bridging gap there for barrier of entry on cost and on time and energy into it and how much you have to actually explain what you are doing to these people (laughs) i think most of my time is spent explaining what i'm doing at all times (laughs) um (laughs) constantly telling people it's okay i'm not crazy (laughs) the cafe grumpy plush are you know, like a handmade small plush, so in the $25 range. So, like this fellow, this is oh, wow. Old Beateronomy. So this is a collab um, with Scott Tullison um, for his deadbeat. We did a deadbeat, and uh-huh. then we were sitting at Designer Con, and we decided to make a whole life cycle series of their plush so oh, this is that's fun this is the aged master who stands on his own he comes with a wooden cane and he's oh, totally fine. articulated so gosh he man. can stand on one foot he can sit down he can have a party he um, can literally stand on one foot like yes. he's ba- like he has enough balance to him yes so like he'll prop himself up with his one hand, but you know he's it, old. It looks so. like a movie prop. Like it, it looks <laughs> it like does. it would be on the set of like Good. some type of movie so, or something. Yeah, I'll just bring it up like this when I. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like one of the characters. Uh, well, it looks like one of the characters from Harry Potter. The the little guys that you right, pull out the of the, man- the screamers. Mandrake, is that? Oh God, I don't I'm gonna know. get so many, so much hate mail. Not nah, it's all right. Those people aren't <laughs> listening. The only people that listen to our show are people who are nice, wholehearted, nice, gentle community people. Right. For those, <laughs> nothing but love here. <laughs> For those who couldn't see, it's awesome. And then <laughs> <laughs> we'll post a picture of it on our show notes. Okay, good. And then this is Sylvan. Yes. So he's extremely large. Um, people don't oh, usually man. realize how big he is. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I literally assumed hours. it was like like six inches or something. Like I just thought he was oh, like no. a little tiny guy. No, that yeah. was amazing. He's I've seen the pictures of that one where you staged him like in the in the crook of a tree type of a thing. Uh-huh. It, was, it was just like that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Gary sent me um, the toy, um, and then oh I... snap! Is that what you've got, Andrew? Yeah. So this is the this is the exact. Mm-hmm. One that she used as the fr- as the reference. Yeah, oh, I changed man. the snout, but just so that he'd have a different. This is the prototype, but so he's he's a little uh cattywampus, but like he doesn't look in the right direction. But <laughs> <laughs> this How? guy doesn't That's... either. I mean, it it fits the character almost you know perfectly. When That's I first saw that, I was charm. super. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what gives so, him that. That impish charm. Let's yes. do it. How tall? Do you know the exact measurement? How tall is the Sylvan specifically that you're holding? <sighs> 14 inch? No. More, larger, bigger, better. Yeah, stronger, like this faster. This is, yeah, this is a sizable. And like, <laughs> who are the type of people that typically, uh, I mean, I understand that like you have like the toy lovers and stuff like that, but like, do people buy these for their kids to like snuggle with at night and stuff like that? I don't know. I don't know if they'd want to pay that price for that but um that's just to be clear patrick that one's not 25 dollars. no this is 285 <laughs> yeah um this is to also be I clear i would each... snuggle with that so okay oh, yeah. well you're allowed um 
If you buy it, do whatever you want with it. Um, oh, don't give were... him free reign about that again. <laughs> we are still in a okay, court battle over that, that statement. Don't do that. Don't ever show me those pictures. Um, hey, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> you don't need to be on my strange obsession or whatever that show is. Um, <laughs> uh, there were only ten. I only made ten of these um, pieces, and each one has about um, I want to say like ten hour, eight to ten hours of hand sewing. Oh wow, just, that's yeah. insane! Just finishing work. Everything else I do machine and. And stuff, and uh, my assistant sometimes comes over and helps me when I'm when I'm just a sweaty mess in jammies going. I mean, why? <laughs> some people are listening, and, and again, they're thinking like, "Oh, we're talking about like you know some type of plush stuff thing, and it's two hundred eighty dollars, and that sounds ridiculous." For the amount of time, like putting ten hours mm-hmm. of hand sewing in and the other work, that's like that's nuts. Honestly, it's that cheap. Like really, well, or that inexpensive. I was thinking I the exact say. same thing. Right. Well, so the my prices for the designer plush, uh, the soft sculptor plush style, um, I've had to start. I've had to keep charging more as they get more crazy and elaborate, obviously. But just because now I, I, it takes so much longer to make them this size. That I'm just it's I just have to accommodate for for that. But um but yeah, it's it's in a a lot of work. Like that's not even the pantones, like the making the fabric match the pantones, sure. the pattern making, the rough assemble, the all the machine work. Or in anything else, the research that goes into it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's a lot of time. Right. Um, so, I, you know, we've talked to um, the, the person we talked to at the, the first part of this month. Um, it, well, I should say it this way. It seems like the, the topic of plush is becoming more popular. I, at least I've noticed it. I'm starting to hear more people say that they're getting into it or it's something they work with. Um, do you see the that part of the industry growing? Um, <clears throat> you know, I kind of, I do notice some people, like I notice a lot of the same people, but um, I do notice some new people joining uh, the fray, which I really like because I do um, put together a lot of plus shows. Um, so I like having mm-hmm. new people in the pool um so i'm you know i also work by myself at home in a bubble so i might not be as hip to what's going on in the outside world as i should be so um we hear that a lot though honestly i mean it's not you're not you're not uncommon in that regard right yes but you know i was out today for like eight hours with a friend and I was just like, Oh my God, I'm ODing on people. Like I'm going to, by the time the, uh, the podcast starts to record, I'll be hoarse from, from laughing all day. So, you know, it's, it's a rarity to, to just keep yapping all day to other people. Yeah. I get that. So, (laughs) and not just the cat. Yeah. The cat, myself, the cat, inanimate objects making up songs to the inanimate objects and cat totally not sad just okay i know what our clo- i know what our closing music is for tonight it's gonna we're be just gonna off air have you sing oh. <laughs> singing to your cats and your sewing machine i do have a, a, a i i may not make it through it like without cry laughing but i did make a beautiful song for her <laughs> the there we go day. let's do it let's do it this is, a, this is a Master of One podcast exclusive right now. Lana Cooks with her debut EP. Knock it oh, out. Yeah? Hold on. Let me. I had to write it down. It was so good. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I love this. The setup is incredible. <laughs> I am going to embarrass myself for you and your listeners. Uh, thusly. Okay. <laughs> thusly. <laughs> My cat's name is Tanuki. So... 
Okay. That's okay. I can't really sing, so this is going to be quite the treat. <laughs> I can't wait. All right. It's Tanuki. She's my bunny. She is so sweet, just like honey. She is furry and so cute. Won't you just look at that fuzzy snoot? <laughs> I didn't know where it was going to go, but I was thinking whatever the rhyme scheme is, you didn't make it easy on yourself with the name Tanuki. But No, what? you really didn't. No, but you know what? Literally, that that one song is better than anything that I've ever accomplished in my life. So congratulations on that. Where's my uh, award? <laughs> you've got two of them above your head right now. So, um, Best speaking of writer. that... Speaking oh, of that award, fun. right? So mm-hmm. right above your head, right above, you know, at least not not literally hanging above your head, but on the screen, we see behind you on your shelf, you've got these two beautiful awards sitting up on top. And at the beginning of the episode, we talked about, in your intro, we talked about you being a Clutter Magazine Designer Toy Award winner. What did you what did you win those, those awards for? Um, and what was that feeling like? Okay, so the first award I got for best... What? <laughs> And did you cry? Um, he says with such a stoic face. I did, did not. Cry? I don't recall crying. Maybe inside. Um, maybe my eyes were just a little sweaty today. Um, <laughs> it was best plush uh, for the Hermes plush I did with Gary. Um, and that was kind of... That was something else, that one. Um, I had been nominated for every other year. And I had not won anything. And I was just so hell-bent on wanting to win one just because, like, I wanted to be thought of as good enough (laughs) to win one. Of course, Which is a sad thing to think about. Like, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) so I, it was like my white whale and I didn't think I was going to get one. And when I got one, it was like, I felt very self-conscious going up for the award yeah and and then you know uh it were you hazy like were you like when you're walking up you're like it's like it was one of those surreal like out of body experiences where you were watching joe ledbetter and huck g and gary ham all these people who who are you know whatever toy toy industry icons and they're just watching you walk up and accept your award was it just like an out of body experience no it was be careful walking don't fall down. <laughs> Don't Jennifer Lawrence this. <laughs> because it was... And remember all the lyrics to the Tanuki song, because I'm I going to sing this at my I acceptance to... speech. I, I had to write that down. My memory is hazy at best. Speech. Um, though, so I I wandered up, and then I began, I began to curse wildly. Well, naturally, yeah. <laughs> um... So I was just trying not to fall down and trying to remember what 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 I was doing and why I even got the award. Um, That's awesome. And then I just let everyone know that it actually meant something to me to feel like I made something awesome that was recognized and it made me feel special for like, you know, you live you live in a bubble and right. then to have somebody see something you made let alone a jury of your peers tell everyone that it was the best plush that year. That, like, it's crazy. That's why they're in my studio for when I feel super dump trucks. Imposter syndrome. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. When I have imposter syndrome or I'm thinking I need to hide crimes, I'll just (laughs) turn around and and be like, okay, you made awesome stuff. You can still make awesome stuff. Just, you know. Keep making awesome stuff. Yeah, the world is it. not ended. <laughs> that's not a bad mantra. No. So no, I mean, the se- yeah. Oh, wait, the sorry, go ahead. One, yeah. The second one was last year um, for best non-plastic for the Sylvan with Gary. Um, and I actually could not fly then because I had double jaw surgery. My mouth was wired shut. I was having the worst, you know, the worst go of it. And I yeah. totally forgot the DTAs were going on because I was in my own self-pity. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I get t random texts. I get one like, where's your video? And I was just like, I don't know what that means. And then Andrew Bell texted me. So I have this thing. Do you want me to mail it to you? <laughs> All in quick succession. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? And then he texted back. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and then... Uh, his girlfriend sent me a picture um, of him accepting my award. So that time I actually cried at my <laughs> at uh, at the dinner I was at. One, I couldn't eat very well. <laughs> I was mostly crying because I was starving, but uh, <laughs> I was also was moved. Such a good time. I actually like teared up because I was having such a hard couple months, and yeah. it made me feel like you know. Okay. Right at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like, I just went through hell, so this feels pretty awesome to not feel like... To feel like yeah. I can get back in the studio and start working again, so... Yeah, good motivator. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I love that. That's it was awesome. Nice. It, it was nice. I didn't get to tell everyone, like, you know, thanks for thanks for it, or that it meant anything to me because <laughs> I didn't submit a video because I was a jerk. Um, I was a self-conscious... They wouldn't have been able to understand you anyway if your mouth was wide shut. I'd be like, well, that's why Miranda thought it would be funny if I had, like, cards written out, and I just... <laughs> oh, yeah. To moving music. <laughs> In the arms of the angel. Yeah. <laughs> that loses something to our audience who who can't see what just happened, yeah. but, There's but a just trust me, like, it was... Did she die, or did it was she stellar. win? Because that would be... Yes. <laughs> I would oh, use that song. Then, it, then it'll fade out slowly. At the end, it says in memoriam. <laughs> oh. It'll just put the I'm date I'm so up. sad. Be best non-plastic. dark. <laughs> best best non-plastic. Oh, gosh. A single spotlight, otherwise a black studio. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, oh. I, all that is such good advice. Like For anybody that's listening, it, it, and it's kind of like a... a we end up have a lot of we end up having a lot of similar themes that kind of uh, go on when we talk, but I, I think it's good to to always be like reminding and encouraging. And I think just yeah, what you were saying about like reminding yourself either because um, I can't remember what phrase you used, but it, it was uh, I think you said hiding <laughs> crimes, but either for yes. hiding <laughs> crimes or for um, you know just like when you feel like you know did I really deserve that or do people really like you know if people really knew what I did, they wouldn't think I was such a professional, that kind of stuff. Like we well, all struggle just, with that. Just wait until I get that record deal for that song. I sang you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I am now very, I, I am going to hate listening to that. You, but. you are now ultra aware that you just did that. <laughs> oh, I'm ultra aware. And I, I have a hard time with filters. So this is, this is no, this is not a safe place for me. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Patrick's going to auto tune it. It's going to sound oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna orc. We're gonna I'll put add an a backing track and everything. Good. It'll be great. It'll <laughs> be Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. So um, put that was cats with laser eyes in the corners. Also, <laughs> oh, we weren't naturally we weren't doing right the whole video. This is just audio only. Oh. But like, well, you think we're like a full service production studio? <laughs> okay, <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Hang on. Let me let me just draw these cats with laser beams. What did we sign up for here? Um, okay, so even though we didn't announce it, we're kind of going through our final questions right now because we do want to be respectful of your time, and, and we could just end up talking, you know, the entire night. Oh, let's then... just talk. Let's yeah, we just talk. Well, then what, literally, what am I going to do? It's long. late here. That's right, and your cat's asleep, so... Um, so I, I'll no, go she's ahead. she's banging on the door. Oh, is she? <laughs> so I'll go and jump into my, um, final question. And this is a, this is going to get kind of serious. So I want to go and apologize for how uh -oh. serious this is going to get. But, um, <laughs> but I've been asking all of our guests. So this month Ooh, is, uh, kind of, uh, women in the industry. That's what we're calling the month. But, um, you know, the, the point is it's for female creatives and, um, what I'm curious about, it, it would appear that women tend to be underrepresented um, either through, it could be awards, it can be, um, you know, the, the top 10 list or the, the top whatever, um, it, galleries, whatever it is. It, it seems that um, for the amount of people that, um, you know, I, that at least we're aware of the percentage, it still seems like women end up being underrepresented. And I'm curious um, if you, A, have any thoughts of that 
or if you've dealt with that um, at all in your pursuits? Um, well, it tends to be... Okay, what I think is ladies in cer- in the art field, in certain aspects, especially of designer toys, tend to be quieter than the men. Not me. Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> You um, break the mold. <laughs> well, I... I enrage a lot of people with my boisterousness. Um, but, you know, whatever. Why is that? Well, I just think because I, I just, you know, don't... Speak your mind? Yeah, I do speak my mind. And I think that is a little abrasive to people. So that, hmm. because I'm a... Probably because I'm a woman. But hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to put that thought in their head. I just say, oh, I'm being loud. So <laughs> Okay. Um... So I notice it I notice that if you're a stronger female presence that you may have a harder time you may have a harder time with um general populace but you might get more work or okay yeah um things like that oh. but there are quite a lot of females represented in gallery shows like I just um have been curating a show for Stranger Factory that opens next month called All That Remains. And it's mostly female artists. Um, there's 21 artists and there's only a handful of guys. And that wasn't planned. I was just like, oh, that'll work. I like that. I like that. And then I was like, wow, these are a lot of ladies. It's like <laughs> I sprinkled in just a few men. Oh, did you um, did you help curate uh, the show? I curated the show. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, so I I do a lot of curating, and there there are quite a lot of very talented female artists in the gallery um, gallery scene. There are quite a few very talented female artists coming to light in like designer toys, like resin, and um, there's always been a few you know standout like uh, Tara McPherson stuff like that. You know, sure, yeah, ladies that have been part of it from day one um i just feel sometimes they don't get (laughs) don't get as involved in all the uh extracurricular facebook discussions and and drama around uh designer toys and stuff in general so maybe it seems like there aren't as many um Hmm. i've noticed what does that what does that mean I mean, like briefly, you don't have to like go into like major detail, but like, what does that mean that they don't get involved in the drama? Um, I think a lot of, this is my perspective, so it's not anything informed by anything besides my perspective, but, um, like when you look at, there'll be a rant on Facebook, but you look at the comments, there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of the female, females in the industry chiming in, um, you know. Or, you know, fanning flames and stuff. Um, I, I had this conversation on the last uh, Marsham toy hour. Like, <laughs> So but, you, like, in more in-depth. And, and with them, they they can relate maybe a little bit more because they're in that scene. I mean, like, Gary yeah. is full-on in that scene, and it, it makes total sense. Well, so if you want to hear that full discussion, go listen to... <laughs> What, like two episodes ago on the Marsham Toy Hour? I think I it was two episodes so. ago. I think it was episode 25. I'm up on episode four and 25. So if you okay. didn't get enough of this, uh, <laughs> there's plenty more of that came we'll put, from. We'll put links to those episodes in our <laughs> in our show notes. We will, because we want people to be able to hear, you know, you know, you're, you're, they're only going to be getting like 45 minutes of, of, of you on this show. And you, <laughs> you dive into a lot of other stuff, right. really toy... Uh, like the toy culture stuff deeply with with Gary because you and he can have a conversation that just honestly the four of us can't have. Right, and I I have noticed in the last couple of DTAs that a lot of ladies have been nominated, um, but I don't know what the ratio of win is to nomination for the ladies. So, hmm. um, the one the year the first one I won, I was the only female to accept an award. Um, I don't remember if I was the only one that got one, but a lady outside of um, outside of the award ceremony came up to me and she's just like, your speech was so great and it was so nice to see a woman 
win one of these things. And I was just like, oh, all right, thanks. She's like, you spoke from the heart and I'm glad to see a lady take something away. And I was just like, I wasn't paying attention about other ladies, like, coming yeah. or going. Okay. So it's not... I, I want to beat everybody equally. <laughs> yes. I'm equal opportunist in that regard. So I don't really notice a lot of um, inequality, I guess. It's just... I think it's just a person... Either, you know, you kind of work hard in, if don't get discouraged if like people are brash and jerks to you like it, psh, just make awesome stuff that goes sure. for everybody that doesn't mean yeah. ladies everybody just work on what you're working on make it awesome and we'll all be we'll all be good definitely that's my psa <laughs> nailed it all right i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna sneak one more question in before doc brings it home so sorry, Doc, for Uh-oh. closing off, but I, we did have one question from uh, one of our Patreon users. So I want oh, I want to respect our Patreon users, and I want to throw this in. This comes from Rybred83, um, really awesome dude. And his question, or or yeah, it's uh, he wants you to describe a real life situation that inspired you to create um, one of your um, you know plushes or or your skeleton, something like that. But he wants to he wants to know if you have like a, a real life situation that happened that then ins- inspired that. Well, it was, there was the two I mentioned already, the, the walking through the uh, antique store and seeing the, the fabric. Right, right. Um, and the, <laughs> the random dis- decision to make skeletons at the New York Comic Con panel. Um, but besides, well, okay, so <laughs> I, well, I'm looking around the studio trying to figure out if there was anything that prompted, like I get inspiration from the weirdest places, but um, I was going to Renegade Craft Fair and nice. it was early and there was somebody setting up a like a um, garage sale on the side and I saw a human skull <laughs> and I- Okay. Like a real human skull? <laughs> well. I beelined over because okay. you had to know. I had to know it was uh, like a medical study specimen, you know, like an old, um, yeah, like medical model. And I was just like, "Oh my god, that's a real skull!" And she's like, "I've had him forever." It was like life drawing um, stuff, and I was just like, "I want your human skull." And. <laughs> <laughs> Another another bang up way to introduce yourself to somebody. <laughs> That's how she got I married. I want your skull. Hello, That's why you have that social etiquette book next to you. <laughs> how to be that, social in any it? situation? That's just, awkward. I think you should just record no, yourself and listen to some of your phrasings. You might you might be surprised. I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh. Be surprised at what oh, you hear. Oh no. Okay. Oh, all right. That's the second story. So I said, "Hi, my name is Lana. I want your skull." And I bought it from her, which I hope is not horribly illegal. So if it is, I'll have second story for you to edit it instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I made, for my last show uh, at Stranger Factory, I made a replica in fabric of Larry. Um, minus, he, he's in bad shape with his teeth anyway, but... Minus most of the teeth. Um, so that, oh, I saw. Th- I think you posted that. I think that there's a photo of him on yeah. the. Yeah. He's on like a really cool like brass spindle. Yes. That's that's, that's an amazing that's, piece. That's very cool. That's Larry. Yeah. Larry part two. Larry and okay. fabric. But you know. So and the everlasting then, Larry. <laughs> and then um, today, while I was out with my friend Jessica, we uh. We picked up this social etiquette book, and that's why I keep bringing it up, because we spent rush hour, her reading it to me, and we decided that social etiquette, this book of social etiquette is now called Your Shame and How to Live With It. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 
I am going to go through this because there's a big section on Victorian flowers and what they mean, and probably all the social improprieties I have made making flowers of ill repute. Um, making sorry. flowers of ill repute. <laughs> hey, I want the first person to tweet that quote wins a prize. All right, so tweet it, tag M of One Podcast on Twitter, and uh, we'll get something your way. So you got to tweet that exact quote and tag Lana in it and tag us in it. That's a fantastic quote. Great. I'm gonna venture a guess at how many people have to look up the correct spelling of all of those words. That's fine. Well, that, that, it, it means you points. you worked for it. Exactly. <laughs> you wanted it. So, so I got a question. I guess it's my final question. Question. Um, is as I was looking over your body of work, it it from my perception is that there was a lot of beauty that was mixed in to the death of, I guess, representation by the skulls type of thing. Is that like an on purpose? narrative that you're you're telling throughout your pieces um sometimes um sometimes i'll just make the skeletons but other times like you know in high school i was a goth big shocker um (laughs) (laughs) well currently i am a goth big shocker um her goth name was big shocker big shocker no that was my drag name uh, <laughs> that'll be a different episode that's our Big after shocker. hours episode. she's really a woman uh, uh, um so uh i really liked making also making flowers out of fabric and i do look at a lot of um mythology around different floral elements with different animals so then i'll mix uh, the flowers with the specimens. So I made a piece called Adonis, which is a boar's head with red anemone flowers. So the story behind that is uh, Adonis's blood was sprinkled on the ground by this wild boar. I know I'm not getting it correct because somebody has uh, had already <laughs> set me straight on Instagram once, okay. but I forget the whole thing. But when his wherever his blood fell, his uh, these red anemone flowers grew. So that was oh. I did all this beaded red beaded blood and flowers and boar skulls. So Man. so yeah, I I try to I really like pieces to to have twofold um twofold response. There is. I really like pieces with humor and like tongue in cheekness to it, but I also like dark, moody, and kind of uh, pretty stuff. So I try to do a little bit from both. Um, the piece of the snake that was coiled around a bottle was for a show called Snake Oil or uh, Zelot's Elixir, and I made a snake oil piece with an old medical bottle. And That's then awesome. Had the snake wrapped around it because i was like yeah made from snake juice <laughs> so um s- sometimes i like i like the humor and sometimes i like the dark gothy beauty stuff but i was just having a conversation recently that i wanted to inject inject more humor humorous pieces coming up so um it just depends on the mood yeah okay. absolutely well so I could talk to you for hours on end about the work that you do. So we'll just, we're going to go ahead and have to say, so we're just going to uh, go the, ahead and talk for hours. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so anyway, just we're gonna just going to drive right through this. No, but we'll just have to say that you're going to have to come back. And I know Luke um, is our resident toy guy and our, our resident sculptor. Literally, the if there was one into... episode he should have been here for, it was oh. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, the, he's the sculptor guy who does all of his D&D <laughs> stuff. And so he, he just wants oh. to know how he can shift all of his D&D stuff to fabric, I'm sure. Um, oh, but uh, Demi-Gorgon but party. tell everybody where... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell everybody where they can find what your... Uh, like, the work that you do and how they can support what you do. Um, well, I just launched my Patreon page last week um all right so i'm lana crooks on there um okay i'm at lana crooks on twitter and instagram and my website is lana but i've been deciding that 
most of my blog stuff that I put in the news on my website, I'm going to, I'm moving to Patreon, um, so I can make it better. Okay, sure. And, <laughs> and, uh, I have, I'll be in Albuquerque October 7th for the All That Remains show that I curated at Stranger Factory. And okay. I have a two-person show with Andrew Bell December 9th at uh, Rotofuji in Chicago. So you're all over the place. You're you're wow. you're like in it to win it. That's fantastic. Well, I'm well, also, um, I, also equal opportunity coming out again. Yeah. Speaking uh, of, I forgot. I will have a piece at a LuxCon um, in October as well. So if you're in the in the just um, sci-fi fantasy into sci-fi fantasy stuff, and you're at that convention, I will have a piece there. So, okay. Will you actually be in attendance or just the piece will be there? No, the piece will be there. Okay. I will be in Albuquerque. Everything okay. overlaps. <laughs> of course. That's the that's the way that things work. Well, thank you uh so much for joining us and well, for um for for pioneering, honestly, <laughs> a uh uh a quite impressive and beautiful art form. So thanks for for sharing that with us. Well, that's it for the interview portion of the show. Up next, we're going to draw some tokens. Every week we draw tokens to find out the categories we are going to talk about next week. And so, Doc, since you are our special guest host today, we will let you pick them. I'm going to shuffle them up. I have the three main categories right here in my hand. Um, give me a number between one and three, and you'll be picking for uh, old Luke Face. Old Luke Face. He normally goes n- number two. think of luke i think of number two <laughs> and uh there you go so you got uh I was, gonna, you got I was gonna go i was gonna go three though oh well you you buried the lead reshuffle okay. <laughs> all right you're gonna go three let me shuffle him back up here we go i hope he ends up getting tv and film again all right <clears throat> and tv and film no joke <laughs> that it actually really happened all right and then go ahead and pick one or two for patrick Patrick's number one. Oh my gosh. Yes. He's art and design. That means I'm toys and games. Thank you so much, sir. Well, that's it. A huge thanks to Lana for joining us on the episode. She did a fantastic job. Her work is amazing. Go check it out. Support her on her Patreon. It is good, good stuff. You can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we just talked about on mofonepodcast.com, where you can also find an episode archive and listen to all the other fantastic women in the industry we've had so far. Next week, you're going to want to stay tuned because we have another fantastic uh, guest, and we'll tell you more about her the beginning of next week. Um, But uh, besides doing that, you can find us on social media. You can search M of One Podcast on all the different platforms, and you can also support us on Patreon. Patrick, how do you do that? Go to patreon.com forward slash M of One Podcast, and you can see uh, rewards and goals, so things that we're working uh, working towards as a show, and then also rewards you can get for uh, supporting us, uh, you know, with like a a monthly gift and uh, some really, really awesome stuff. Um, uh, Here's an example. $10 a month gets you access to a blooper episode. It gets you access to bloopers that we compile all month. So, so Which there, I'm fairly confident this episode was what? At least 30 minutes of just utter craziness. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. A but, there's a, but there's like 15 different tiers, I think, of different rewards you can get. So go check them out. Uh, read up on there. And uh, yeah, support us on Patreon. Awesome. Uh, And you can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher, where if you subscribe, you don't even have to do anything. We come to you twice a week, um, downloaded directly to your brand new iPhone 7 that you got delivered today, if you're listening to this on release day. Um, And uh, just listen to the the fantastic audio quality on those new AirPods. (laughs) If you can Um, find them. But yeah, before before you inevitably lose them. Um, My oldest swallowed uh, mine. (laughs) <laughs> already um so uh so anyway check out all of that stuff guys uh, we have personal social media doc what's yours i am i am Redicus on all of the socials you have such a soothing voice it it almost is distracting for me that and your your beautifully bearded face <laughs> i was gonna say i think that's way more distracting but go ahead okay and patrick what's yours the great pads be on instagram that's with two a's and i never check it <laughs> <laughs> eh, 
Truth. <laughs> this is we are just tearing down the veil. This is you get everything this episode. Uh, and I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. And for Luke Gall, Luke Gall on all the different platforms because he's out there too. He wants some loving too. Um, Doc, thanks for filling in. Uh, you did Luke proud, I think. My pleasure, sir. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely, anytime. So uh, that's it for this episode. We're out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Doc. Peace out. Bye. Yippee Kaye. Shadows on you break out into the light. Let it fight, do it right. Let it fight, go all night. Shadows on you break out into the light. Let it fight, do it right. Let it fight, go all night. Shadows on you break out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting slightly delirious. Okay. Welcome to this sandbox episode. It's like Doc fell down a miniature set of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> like he was doing this with his fingers. And went Your mother smelled of elderberries.